Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Not adjust your audio listening devices. Not really looking at TV, but nonetheless, you get the point. It's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. And yes, this is kind of an outsider's edge. Uh, but I'm not with Kyle today. So once upon a time, a long, long time ago, there was a gentleman that I used to host a podcast with that has disappeared from kind of the world for a while. And he's back with me tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my good friend and brother, Caleb Baldwin, everybody. Hey, no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's me, the bathtub. <laughs> Carl back, everybody. Hello. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, um, I, don't, I haven't watched, like, my wrestling has just diminished my my love. Not love, but just interest so i haven't really been paying like i haven't really i dropped off face the earth you're right i mean i'm still around but you know i mean look you 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 watch as much wrestling as most of the people who say they watch it do because you look at the ratings (laughs) ain't nobody watching shit that's true but i don't look at the ratings sir i look at the demos oh so oh oh, demo god right yeah exactly Uh, first and foremost, you want to tell people where you've been, what you've been up to? Uh, 
been at home, so probably could have been recording. <laughs> You're not making yourself look very good. <laughs> not at all. Doing, doing, doing a lot of work from home, uh, going nowhere. So, you know, I really have no excuse. <laughs> I tried to set you up and let you be the face in the situation, but you look, just man, did a heel turn on me. I'm just being transparent with the people. Consistency. You, you're not, well, consistency, yes, good. Transparency is bad. You know this wrestling, you're supposed to lie to everybody. That's true. I'm canceled in the <laughs> wrestling circles. <laughs> you st I'm still waiting on that problematic column. problematic tweets. Still waiting on that column that's supposed to drop by the end of the year, by the way. Don't, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> that's been an ongoing thing for like three years. That's, uh, if I don't think, if they haven't figured it out yet, I don't know what they're going through. <laughs> Well, no, because Dr. Dre rolled with Detox for like seven. So, and I mean, to be fair, I wrote something a while back on uh, Chair Shot. I did. I do have. There is one column on the Chair Shot somewhere in the the bowels of the <laughs> column forum. The columns forum. You're on the main page, fool. Ain't oh, no dang. Forum. I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to work to get on the main page. I did. No, you were hired, I made it, boys. You were hired, yes. Um, you made it. <laughs> I gotta tell them on the interwebs. <laughs> um, so whenever I can get Carl on, I'm gonna get him on. We're gonna go on. We're probably just gonna like chop it up for maybe 30, 45 minutes or so. But I miss him. And we started this venture together and we've been blessed to bring Kyle in. But I mean, it's been me and Carl since like twenty twelve writing columns. So, and Kyle is much more um, consistent. He's much more responsible. Um, you know, he's got like 18 degrees. Oh. And so he's just, you know, like when Kyle, I mean, he's a good person to have kind of passed the reins onto, so to speak. You know, if I, if I feel like eventually I could, you know, now with the creation of, I really like the app we're using and how easy it is to kind of just get on there and go. And it doesn't have, seem to have the, the lags and stuff of some of the others. And like, my time is just so random that I don't like to like, you know what I mean? Interject and make it change schedules on people and stuff like that. So it's kind of Bruh. one of those deals on, I'm on a serious note, not just being like, Oh, I work from home and I'm home all the time. What the hell's my problem? Like for real, like a lot of it is just out of respect for like, consistent schedule you guys typically seem to have <laughs> so, well i don't know what it is now but for a while what? it was i don't know man we've probably done like eight episodes in like out of like 20 <laughs> now see now see i'm trying to you know make you be the face and you're turning heel on no I well, I, no i'm always the hill bro i'm always the hill Contra like contrarian stances well i mean That's you know I'm, I'm reformed you ain't see my twitter profile i'm reformed yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm just curious. Um, I know you're not watching a whole lot, but is there anything that you're keeping up with? Anything that has your interest? I follow along with most of it. I mean, at least on the WWE side, I don't really pay a lot of attention to NXT or AEW. That and a lot of that is because one. I mean, I could bloviate about AEW all day long. I'm not going oh, to. Oh, please do. I mean, that, well, no problems. Fine. You know what? We can start with it. It's fine. I don't have any issues with with any of the people that 
wrestle there. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. So it's more along the lines of, like I've, I've said it a lot, if you know me, they have a tendency to be incredibly off-putting. And if you are off-putting, I usually just don't want, you could be the greatest thing in the world. It's just like a company could have like great food, but if the server is an asshole, rude, I don't really want to eat there, you know? And like, there's kind of the same thing with them. Like in the beginning, it was all like, like I could put past some stuff, right? Because, you know, like we've talked about before, they were for a while, they were still in an infancy stage. I don't consider them to be in an infancy stage anymore, but they were. Sure. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to do the rating, the standings or the rankings or whatever they were doing mm-hmm. to determine things. That's kind of not really been that much of a thing. Um, well, they do the rankings, but the rankings don't really matter because. Right, they, exactly. That's what I'm getting yeah, at. Like, yeah. It's very, um, yeah, it's not that important. And so I can let them, I can let that slide. I don't care. Like whatever. It's not even that big of a deal to me because I don't really believe in a ranking system in wrestling anyway. So that, that was it, just it, something. It is a brand new, it's, it's, it's an old concept, but a brand new idea. It doesn't really, I don't, it's curious to see yeah. how they're going to make it work in the realm of wrestling, but yes. But so my thing is just like, it's two things. It's toxic fandom, which that's on both sides, by the way. That's WWE fans too. That's wrestling. So, but that, and that is wrestling in general, which is part of the reason I've had to turn my brain from it a little bit. But the other thing with AEW especially is it's like they initially said they weren't trying to be like an all, like they weren't trying to be a competition with them, with WWE, but here they are, they were wanting to be an alternate alternative, which is great, but here they are. And everything they do seems to be like diametrically opposed to WWE. Like we're trying, they're always in their mouth implied or not one way or the other. And so like, you know, like there are other companies out there to watch and like, just for instance, now I don't know what's going to happen with them, but like, NWA for all their problems, right? You never really heard them talking about WWE and saying, "Oh, we're going to come out here and we're going to do this and no. blah blah blah." They just they, were doing their thing. That's they, they didn't talk about anybody else. Yeah. And so it's like, why? And all it does when AEW does stuff like this, all it does is it feeds into it, and it makes the fandom more toxic. It makes the entire wrestling fandom toxic, the whole culture, because their fans feed into it. And so they start barking and WWE fans start barking and then it's just a bunch of barking and it's, it drives you. Like if you were one of those people who like social media, likes to the peek behind the curtain, all that stuff, it could drive you completely away from it. Like yeah. I've gotten to a point now where I just wish I was 13 again, where I wasn't really paying any attention to a dirt sheet. You know what I mean? Like you still in March and not have any idea what's going to happen. So, I mean, can, can I play devil's advocate? Sure. So um, this might not be the best devil's advocate, but it is a devil's advocate nonetheless. Um, they, well, I guess you can't really mention this name too much right now because he's kind of canceled, but Excalibur right. uh, was host. I don't know if he hosts a regular podcast for AEW or if it was just a one-time thing, but he was doing a podcast a few weeks ago with Jim Ross and Taz. And they were talking about that very thought process of, mentioning WWE and while they mention it and this, that, and, and Jim Ross and Taz went off. And their assertion was essentially that WWE has kind of 
like insulted your intelligence for years by acting like they're the only people on the block. We're not going to insult your intelligence. So if a guy was in WWE, we're going to mention he was in WWE, which, it, which is their reasoning for why WWE, the company or former storylines or former matches or wrestlers are mentioned. I don't know about the, the how often, but are mentioned on their product. Does that change your thought process on it at all? Not really. Um, okay, mine neither, well, but I was just curious. Well, for the reason why I say that is because we talk about, um, for instance, perfect example, they're not there anymore, but we talk about them. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. When yes. they first came in, and AJ Styles, we can use him as an example right now. When, when they first well, came in, they didn't yeah. mention the companies necessarily verbatim. Yeah. Quote, like they came. SK2, from, by the way. Shinsuke came in, they all came at the same time. Right, but they specifically said, hey, these guys were superstars in other places. They were big stars in Japan. And anybody with a brain cell knows that they're probably talking about it in NJPW, or at the very least, you know, oh, they didn't just wrestle in WWE. Where did they wrestle, if you're unsure of where? Oh, let me go look it up, because you got this cool thing called the internet where you can look up anything now. Mm-hmm. So I disagree with that on its face, honestly. Like, I mean, I don't – I think – that one there's no obligation if i'm a company if i'm mcdonald's i have no obligation to mention burger king ever like it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean i'm insulting your intelligence if you know you know like i go to mcdonald's i also know that burger king's a fucking option like i don't need to tell you so to me that's not insulting anyone's intelligence so i disagree with that on its face anyway and second of all it's not even necessarily 100 percent true at times, I'm sure it is, but I'm sorry that like AJ Styles came out and they weren't like, oh, former TNA Impact <laughs> champion or whatever. Like, okay, like who cares? Like, look it up if you're interested. It's not that hard. My my bigger issue on this play, because that's very valid, and I didn't even think about the Gallows Anderson Styles Nakamura connection, but you're spot on. Kushida as well. Like your Kenta, they See, never, no, I, I wasn't. I, I wouldn't have even know those two because I haven't really kept up with yeah. NXT that much. But yeah, sure. Kenta was Kenta was such a big signing when he signed NXT that they sent Hulk Hogan. This was pre. I, I do remember that. Yes. I do remember that. Yeah. And that was this was pre. We know he's racist, Hulk Hogan, right? <laughs> so this was like a big deal, right? The Hulk Hogan, the man, going over there to sign, who essentially was the greatest. I think Masawa had died by then, so he was essentially maybe one of the greatest living uh, or current Japanese wrestlers out there, right? And it's a big deal with Hogan because he was huge in Japan, too. This is Not very only true. was he big in America. He was big over there. So This is true. Before he came here, actually. Yeah. Um, or before he came to, to New York. But my bigger issue isn't so much that they mention, um, you know, like Mike Kyoto was on, on, uh, on AEW tonight. I saw that. And yeah. he refed the TNT title match between Cody and um, Scorpio Sky. And there was a segment backstage where he was interviewed by Alex Marvez and Jericho came up to him and said, hey, uh, one of the best refs of all time. Remember when I saved your job? I made a call, saved your job 18 years ago. Well, I need you to do the right thing for him. And he was trying to get him to help him cheat against Orange Cassidy. And he was like, you know, if you do the right thing, if you uh, call it down the middle, wink, wink, I might get you a job again right. but this time in AEW. Like that's I have no problem with that because that just makes storyline sense. The issues I have are when you take the digs. Like um when 
uh, WWE had the COVID outbreak. And Taz was like, we don't run a sloppy shop here. Like, right. those are the things that, 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 that irk me, right? Because it's like, number one, like, make sure your house is in order before you talk about somebody else's. Because there is a myriad of shit that we can talk about that is being talked about, that is being screamed about, that you guys are or are not doing, that is bothering people which is every company, but like you guys are sure. number two right now. So yes. nobody is without, nobody's beyond reproach. As and secondly, it just makes you look petty because it makes, there's, you know, the rule of 10, 10, 80, right? There are 10% of people that's going to love you regardless. 10% is going to hate you regardless. And the 80% of who you aim for, because they can be swayed either way. Well, the wrestling oftentimes is like 30% is going to love you. 30% is going to hate you. And it's like you're fighting for the 40, right? Yeah. Nonetheless, there's a contingency that's going to love anything that AEW wrestlers, AEW um, supporters, AEW EVPs are going to say or do, right? And that's fine. But there's also people who, with no diss to the prior people, who actually have a clue, who are willing to think for themselves that say, you know what, this might not rock well with me. And it is insulting to these people because they are watching your product because they care about your product. They're not watching your product to hear you shit on somebody else's product. It, like, like, it's so infuriating to me when I hear that, oh, well, WWE started the war. They, they, they invaded their show, you know, when they, before they ever did AEW. Then when they made AEW, they did the press conference the same day as a SmackDown, before SmackDown. Like, yeah. so it's like, then for months you uh, tease the Triple H character on BTE, like it's all the BTE jokes, the FTR jokes, for even before, like all the things you say about WWE. But Triple H makes one comment in a joke at a Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah, Billy Gunn something works there, that that very but, few people honestly are probably going to see anyway. Right, but 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 no, he took a shot. He called his piss at. He was messing with Billy. Yeah. So, like, those are the things that set me off and bother me and turn me off, quite frankly, because if you watch the show with no concern about anything that's backstage, you just watch the show for the show, the wrestling is fantastic. Sure. The storylines are hit or miss, but the ones that hit really hit. Cody MJF was one of the best stories we've seen in a while, right? So the, the, the Hangman Page, um, Kenny Omega pair, um, pairing – when they were kind of like, you know, better, better, uh, better friends, uh, good friends, better enemies, or whatever the yeah, they the were frenemies, the frenemies against yeah. the Bucks when Hangman wanted out of the elite, like that was a great, that was a tremendous match, but it's a even better story told. They can do it, but it's when you add all the extra and the extraneous things that come up that really like turns people like me off. Well, I mean, I haven't. And look, so I, by me saying what I'm about to say, everyone with, that hears it is going to say, oh, well, you're not paying attention anyway. But I haven't watched a single episode of Dynamite in full since they started. I, I mean, honestly. And it's not because I have any d disdain towards any of the guys that work there. Like, I love Moxley. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Cody. I was a Cody Rhodes defender probably before anybody else on our show, at yeah. least. Years I've always liked ago. Cody. Yeah. Always liked Cody. Um, I like, I mean, I like Brody Lee. He's fine. I mean, there's a lot of guys over. I love Jericho, who's finally starting to get on my nerves. 
I love Chris Jericho. He's one of the greatest of all time. It's not. It's it's that's not even a question. But he's a demigod. I mean, and honestly, I almost let Jericho get away with it because he's the kind of like in, in terms of like the stuff that he says about WWE and stuff. Because it's almost like with Jericho, it's like you kind of expect it with him because he's a troll. Yeah, he always has been. He was like he's that's his care. That was his character pretty much before he left WWE. I mean, he was a troll. I mean, the list and all that stuff. I mean, come on. That's, that's what he was. So I can live with that. But, um, you know, but my issue revolves around this. If you're going to be different, just be different. Like, if you're off-putting, I just don't want to, like, I don't want to participate. You know, I don't want to give you my time if you are going to do that. And to be fair... I'm not giving WWE that much of my time either for a whole different set of reasons. Well, you know, so, tell me, well if you don't mind, will you, can you yeah, go into those well, reasons? I mean, you know, and look, I, I know that like you and me, Rance, I mean, I know you love WWE. I love WWE too, but you, you've always been more of the positive guy. You can look for the best. You can find the good and just about anything. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But you know it is. But out, out, it's not great for you sometimes when it comes to getting into arguments with people because you got to deal with that shit. I, um, I am known as the defender, yes, and that is tiring. Yeah, the Fed Defense Squad, as they call it, you know. But anyways, like I personally have struggled to get into a lot of what's going on, and I give them the benefit of the doubt, just like I give AEW the benefit of the doubt on this. We're in a weird time right now. Okay, this is there's no crowd. I mean, you can call the the wrestlers posing as fans to some, there, but fans there's no fans. Them. There's no crowd. Okay, there's no the atmosphere is completely different right now, and that is nobody's fault. If you want to look for if you want to look at for faults, you're gonna to have to look a little bit higher than <laughs> wrestling companies themselves. I don't know if anybody that knows me knows what I'm talking about. Wink, you wink, know where wink, to wink. look. Yeah, you know where to look, all right? And if you want to fix it, well, you got a couple months. We can figure that out. But <laughs> anyways, uh, that said, so that hurts it. And I actually thought that this will be interesting, and I tried to watch it for a while. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, I'll, yeah, that's kind of different, you know? And the, the, the novelty, the, the novelty that they had no choice in, essentially, it wore off for me pretty quick. Uh, something about that empty arena. I mean, there's something to be said about a crowd, no matter what you think. You know, even if they're now, I'll say this: I prefer no crowd as opposed to what, what <laughs> between every promo. We are awesome. Fun. Yeah, I prefer. You know, yes. So that whatever. But so that's been part of it. Um, I feel like they're trying to bring me back a little bit though, because there have been some things that I follow along with, and I'm like, okay. So the underground thing, I know it's gotten some heat, but it makes me want to tune in a little bit more because I'm like, okay, this is a completely different idea mm-hmm. and it has a cool feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like just like the way it's lit and all that stuff, like the, the production aesthetic value. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting to me. Um, you know, um, I love, I mean, there are things I love as well. Like I love, people are getting tired of them, but I love Sasha and Bailey. Like those two running around on all the shows being assholes is one of my favorite things in wrestling right now. No matter what you say, I know people don't like to have all the belts. I love it. That's me personally. Um, but you know, I wasn't. I know you disagree with me on this, but I haven't just been necessarily in love with the Drew McIntyre reign. 
Okay. Uh, he's fine. I mean, he's good and everything, and I think he's a great babyface champ. But I don't really love babyface champs. You know, they're That's to fair. me they're the ch- they're the chasers, and he's had the title a while. Like I'm hoping Randy Orton beats him at SummerSlam. I mean, you know, well, Randy's on the on the run of his lifetime. And so Randy Orton right now, and I've I have said this, this if you follow me on the Twitters, you know, in my opinion, right now he's the best wrestler in the world. And now whether you and that that and see that means things to people when they hear it. They think, oh well, he doesn't do twenty seven moves. And right. He doesn't have six Kenny five and a half star matches. He doesn't do Kenny Omega stuff. He can't do what Omega does, or he can't do what AJ Styles does. Eh, fine. But one. He can wrestle with the best of them. And two, the work he's put in has just been fantastic. It's undeniable. Like, he, the heel work, everything that he does, he's on fire. He's the best wrestler in the world right now. And he's one of the few reasons I will tune in right now. And I actually think, and this is because who knows when the next time I'm going to be on here is, I'm just going to say it. I think Randy's going to win at SummerSlam, and I think he's going to hold it until Edge is ready to come back because I think they're going to let Edge get a run with the title. That's the rumor. That's a the short rumor. run. I don't know how long because Edge and you know all that stuff, but I think maybe the idea is maybe you can hold it off until they have fans back, but we don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. So, But I do think it's going to happen because I can imagine Edge winning the title in front of fans would be insane, first of all. But if but Edge, Edge just, will be back to Mania season, so yeah. Right. I think that's something that they might try and do. I could see it because Randy could run with the belt for a while. But, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, everything else. They haven't really done much with Otis. He's the money in the bank guy. He hasn't really done anything. Um, and that's a story. Like, the money in the bank briefcase is not just a briefcase that's there for you to cash in. It's something for you to hold and use to your advantage. It's a, it's a storyline prop. It's a vehicle. Can we, and can they we, haven't really used it. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. Because, look, I'm so torn on Otis. Um, I'm so torn on him because, like, as a character, he's he's zany enough and ridiculous enough, but yet consistently him in a world full of people who try to be consistently something else, that I, that I care about him. And I like the guy, right? I think he, he's in the perfect act. Him and Tucker are perfect. Because sure. Tucker, Tucker Knight's mm-hmm. nickname was all night Tucker night because he can go all night, right? Right. So, like, Tucker may not be the most stylistically great wrestler, but, like, he was a champion wrestler in college, so he can, like, he has stamina to be as big as he is. Like, uh, one of those gauntlets they did, like, he wrestled for, like, 50-plus minutes, like, did the Kofi that night. He's really good. He's just not very charismatic. Otis is all charisma, right? Sure. So they match. And the story with him and Mandy was so beautifully done that it made Otis so big and so over in the eyes of the company and the fans that Vince thought that this motherfucker was a breakout star. And he's realized he's not a breakout star. No. But he has the briefcase. So it's like, think about it. The breakout star of the Otis Mandy story is Sonya Deville. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, by the way, is more than deserving. It should have been pushed three, two, two or three years ago. But nonetheless, right. I, it's been a tremendous thing. And when they finally have their blow up, that's going to be great, right? But now, you got the belt, not the belt, I'm sorry, but the briefcase and a guy who's in a tag team who doesn't care about singles matches and doesn't care about winning because he has his peach. So, like, what is, 
there was a point where you thought maybe Mandy was going to manipulate him to try to, to take out Braun. That went to the wayside. Braun is in this perpetual 17-year feud with Bray, so that's yeah. by the wayside. And like, regardless of who wins that feud, you can't see Otis taking the belt off of him. I Well, so the Fiends, absolutely not. Braun maybe, only because Daniel Bryan won the belt off of the big show who beat who had just beaten Mark Henry in a cage That's match. fair, I guess. Yeah. So, like, anything is possible. However, it's not likely. Nonetheless, um, it's not going to happen to Mr. Fiend. Not at all. Nonetheless, uh, it just, even then, anybody can be champ, right? Gender won the championship, and no diss to gender, because we're no, big yeah, no. gender guys. You're right. But gender was not world champion worthy when he won no. Absolutely not. It was a whim. It was on a whim thing. One hundred percent. And he ended up having a really good reign and like lipped and stepping his game up. But like he hadn't he hadn't he wasn't at the point where he was deserving of it. Um, I don't think so. Like anything could happen. You know, um, Arquette is a former champ. McMahon is a former champ. Like th- th- these things sure. happen. Right. So but I just and the sad part is, especially now. Like, if you look at the roster, the singles roster, now on SmackDown, like, AJ Styles is not in the feud. Big E is singles right now, mm-hmm. not in the feud. Jeff Hardy just finished a feud and is not in the feud. Sheamus just lost a feud but isn't in the feud. Aaron Corbin, the king. Chad Gable, don't call me Chad, is, you know, like, there's <laughs> Matt Riddle who messed with other other girls. Like, there is so much talent that I'm not going to say it's aimless because they're doing things, but could be in a much better position than Otis. Yeah. Well, here, let me, let me throw this out there. And this is, this is going to sound like a reach probably, but it got me thinking a little bit because of um, the recent passing of J- James Harris, Kamala. Okay. Mm-hmm. So his whole Kamala's whole thing was essentially he's this, I mean, outside of the very racial epithets, okay, forget all that for a second, okay? Just on its face, you know, in a a vacuum. Well, the whole gimmick was essentially he has no idea what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he got all the way to the main event with Hulk Hogan, okay? Mm -hmm. So this isn't like – and I think of Otis, I almost think of that because it's like, okay, you can see Otis. He knows knows how to wrestle, obviously, but he's this character that's not – really to be taken seriously per se. Like, I don't, like, I don't see him and think, Oh, it's time to get serious. You know, he comes out and it's silly. And so when he comes out, you think, Oh, I can see him going places, but I can never quite see him getting here. Mm-hmm. So I can see Otis. He's in that same vein where it's like, yeah, he might get to the top program on the card. He might just do that. Right. But that's, it stops. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to win the title with that briefcase. I well, really not, don't. Not many win the briefcase and lose it. It's been a select few, and all of them have been, like, top guys. Yeah. Except, except for true. Corbin, right? But yeah. Corbin lost to further a storyline, which is really shitty when you think about it. Right. And then, the, and then the other thing, like I said, is there's no – I always feel like the briefcase is a vehicle. Like, you're supposed to use it to your advantage in terms of stepping your game up, and that really just hasn't happened. I and mean, then it's a kind of – you know, that's part of the problem with it. I mean, I like Otis, of course, and I can't believe we're really spending this much time on Otis, but you get my I mean, point. He's the money to make briefcase person. He, you have to. 
Right, exactly. The, the biggest issue with Otis for me is this. You can be silly and still be a major player. Right. The issue is that with the exception of two of two occasions that I can remember in, in, in my watching Otis since he since he debuted at NXT. Right. Because uh, I've seen his whole career. Like I remember seeing the videos of him in promo class with Dusty. Like I've seen his whole career. Um with the exception of those two of those two situations, both with Ziggler when Ziggler pissed him off, uh the problem is that everybody who's a comedy character has to get to a point where they're sick of the shit and it gets serious. Sure. And Otis has never done that except for those two times. And the 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 one I think that most people will remember that is I can explain uh on here is uh when uh Dolph showed pictures of him and Mandy kissing and all that stuff. And like he went the fuck off and destroyed Miz and Morrison. And yeah, Tucker had to Tucker come had out to and stop him. physically yeah. stop him. And he started crying. And yeah. like without the crying, if we can get more of that, but like where he can channel it. And I don't mean like right. Festus channel where you ring a bell and he goes crazy, but like he can channel <laughs> the shit. Yeah. Like it could it could work, but he has to work up to that and build that in story and it's just not there. Yeah. But man, I don't know, bro. Like we fucking talking about Otis. Like I feel stupid, but <laughs> that's fine. We can we can move forward here. But yeah, that's just some of the few things that like with WWE and wrestling in general as a whole is kind of why I haven't like you know everybody has their things and the the, the stuff that they like and the things that keep them interested. And it just hasn't been all you know. Now that said, I still try and watch SmackDown with my kiddos. They like it. We don't watch it every week, but that's right. Your your daughters are getting into wrestling. A little bit, yeah. And I mean, my old my youngest especially, she really likes it. So we've been watching some, and it's more fun. Honestly, I, it's more fun watching it with people who aren't going to sit there and be like, "Oh man, he didn't do the '83 Canadian Destroyers." You know what I mean? Like, I, I it's just it's better. I'm glad you said that. I saw a tweet the other day that really encompassed that thought process. The tweet was, kids get this wrestling shit better than wrestling people. I think I agree. Because they understand what the point of the shit is. That's, the, that's, that's my secret. You know, like, I, you know how when you watch the Avengers, when the whole movie, they're asking, what's your secret for not being the Hulk all the time? And Banner's like, well, I, you want to know my secret? And at the end, he's like, you want to know my secret? My secret is I'm always mad, right? Right. My secret of how I enjoy WWE is simply this. I know it's not fucking for me. Yeah. So I accept that going in, and I watch it for the shit that I, I, I watch it to find the enjoyment and shit I find the enjoyment in, right? Sure. So I don't look at it. Of course, I'm analytical because I my dumb ass chose to have a podcast and columns when I choose to write. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm watching for enjoyment, and then I find the things that I don't like, I talk about it. I find things I do like, and I talk about it. But I'm not watching to be like, "Gotcha." See, that's just bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah. And well, to be fair, thing, though, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just, to finish that thought. To be fair, and which is why I stopped watch. I stopped doing it. I was doing that with Dynamite. I was right. watching to be like, "Gotcha." I knew that was some bullshit, and I stopped watching it live. And now I catch clips of it, and I and I I enjoy it more because I'm so disenamored with the with the 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 people over it and the fan base around it that it causes me to want to find things wrong with the show and that's right. not fair to the people because the show by far is excellent 
Right. It's just it's extra shit. So yeah. that's why I stopped watching it live. But please, I'm sorry. Well, no, and you're fine. That, that's fine. The, what I was going to say is that, yes, like we as fans, because we've been watching for so long, and I'm sitting here talking about how I hate it when people are an- overly an- critical or analytical of wrestling in general. However, I will say that in, in your instance where you're talking about, you know, well, I, I hate it too, but, uh, you know, I still have podcasts and I'm analytical. Well, the other thing is, though, you and I don't sit here on, on and we talk or you and Kyle, we don't, we don't sit here and break down the match and every single nuance that happened, like in terms of the actual wrestling itself, because we're not necessarily hooked on the actual wrestling aspect of it. Like you can well, go out there and, much less than Kyle, but yes. Right. That's true. Yeah. But then you can put, I mean, you can pretty much with us, like if the story is good, I can, I can deal with a subpar match as long as the story is pretty good. I mean, that's kind of, you know, how, how I've always been wired to watch it. So, you know, and it, it's fine. Like everyone has their thing. And like you said, it's not for me. And I, I say this a lot. It's not for me anymore. And I know it's not for me anymore because of how work ready it's become. And look, some people love that and that's fine. If that's what it is now, then that's just what it is now. And I can live with that. But at the same time, I have to, if I still want to watch it because I do love it and I did grow up watching it, I have to find ways to enjoy it. And right now the best way for me to enjoy it is to watch it with my kids, you know? And I, the only problem is they go to bed early. So they don't always get to stay up and watch all of it with me, you know? So I still watch and I still watch the papes. You know, I like I like to watch uh, you know Money in the Bank and all well, that. You're stuff, definitely but... old if you call it the Papes. Yeah, so I like watching the Papes, and uh, really I just said that because I like saying that word. But <laughs> uh, you know, like I'll watch SummerSlam, but at the same time, like AEW, they're going to have a pay per view. I'm not going to pay fifty dollars for it. Sorry. That's another that's, conversation. And that's nothing against them. That's the model they have right now. It could be the greatest show in the world. I wouldn't pay fifty bucks for a pay per view right now. Just not doing it. And it's it's. I, maybe I've been spoiled by the network, but also I never really did that before the network. You know what I mean? And I don't know enough people that are going to chip in to watch AEW, even if it was five of us splitting at $10 a piece. I don't know that many people who want to do that. So I'm not, I'm just not, that's not a thing I'm going to do with my money. You know what I mean? So Fair man, maybe if they get a different model at some point, we could talk, but that's just kind of where I'm at. I don't like to pay money for things. I'm cheap. I'm old and cheap, man. <laughs> <laughs> you work in accounting, so that's very good. That's true. Hey, well, I work with numbers all day, so I know. Yeah, that's right. I had a really salient point I wanted to make, and I'm, I'm I lost it. But you were you were talking about um, oh, watching with your kids and 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 how you engage the product. So I've noticed two things that kind of we miss as jaded fans. But w- number one is uh, that. All the, the overwhelming majority of wrestling fans that are of, of our of our ilk or of age, right? But in fact, no, screw that. The overwhelming the overwhelming the overwhelming majority of wrestling fans, if you ask them when they became a fan, I would bet large chunks of money that the overwhelming answer would be thirteen, fourteen, or under. Yeah, right. There were very few people yeah. that came into wrestling in their adulthood, right? And fan fandom wise. And if they did, they they probably there's a good chance they're not an IWC person, right? A vocal fan. <laughs> Pretty good chance, yeah. But I say that because I say that well, it brings back the old rancism. I say that to say this. 
we, much like all of our stuff that we like, it's nostalgic. That's why people keep clamoring for that shitty ass attitude error. It had great moments, but largely it was bad. But it, we just see, remember the good and don't remember and don't care to remember the bad. Definitely. Um, it's it's the nostalgia of the situation, right? And we became we became fans at that time. So that's why I never understood why people were shitting on PG because they were trying to replenish the fan base. How do you get fans? You get them when they're young and they grow up and become and continue to be fans, right? Yeah. But but our generation was so offended that they would not they would cater to a group that wasn't us and pushed away the fans. So now most of the if you go by the ratings and the demos, most of their fan base is older, which is our fault. It's sure. not just WWE's, it's ours. Second point is to your work rate point, and I don't like that either. I like I don't the least most entertaining and important aspect of wrestling to me is the wrestling. I know that <laughs> sounds funny stupid. how that works. It's I'm funny. the same way though. But I mean, that's, we're not alone on that. That's not, I mean, that's, you know, it seems like we are, but we're not. So we're not, anyway. but it's not popular to say that no more. But you have to understand this is, my, this is my reasoning. I'm a combat sports fan. If I really want to see grappling, I'll watch UFC. Mm-hmm. Right? If I want to see brawling, I'll watch boxing. You know what I mean? Like, and don't get me wrong, I, I, you can't see power bombs and, well, some UFC fights you can see German suplexes, but you know, you can't see all of those moves. But nonetheless, the reason why wrestling, why pro wrestling is pro wrestling is the story aspect of it, the psychology of it, the character aspect of it, right? The, 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 the talking promo aspect of it. The wrestling part is just the glue that holds it together, but ultimately the rest of the stuff is what makes the, the, it's, let me flip it for you. The wrestling aspect is the is the actual meat. Right, but and but you can cook meat without no seasoning, and you know what? <laughs> it's it's edible, but you want that shit to be good. You're gonna throw some, you gonna throw some garlic powder in that shit. You know, you gonna throw some this, some that, right? You are gonna throw some 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 onion powder or, or some cayenne pepper or whatever, right? You right, you get it tasting the way you want it to fucking taste, right? Well, that's what character work is, promo work is, this and that, but unfortunately, to kind of go against my point. Historically, wrestling has always changed. Wrestling originally was thought to be real. Yeah. It was a real spectacle, right? And then Vince got to it, and it became family-friendly, right? Became a TV-ready, family-friendly thing, right? And then it went kind of from that to, like, gimmicks took over everything. Right, cartoonish. 90s especially. Right, cartoonish. Early 90s, yeah. And then, just like the real world, we stopped being fake and started being real. And then, and you know, <laughs> we had the shoot era where it was the attitude and, and it get the F out and all this stuff, right? Sure. And then it went, Ruthless Aggression was kind of a replenishing of the fan base. And then we go PG because, well, you know, Benoit wants to kill people. Eddie dies, unfortunately, and like, we've gone to shit. Like, 30 people die in a span of two years because mm-hmm. they used to wrestle and did steroids and did coke. And they're dead now, right? So we need to kind of change the business. Oh, by the way, one of our top superstars, we, he 
gets found to have a major heart problem. So good thing we have a wellness program now. Yeah. Um, and so we go PG. And now we've moved from that, then we moved to kind of the reality era where like they started integrating, they accepted the fact that fans know the shit is real. And they yeah. started playing with the real, with the real stories, TMZ, ESPN. And now I feel like we're in the work rate era. And I say that because when it was just indies, it didn't really fucking matter, right? Work rate mattered, but by and large, WWE isn't about work rate. Impact isn't about work rate. New Japan is, but New Japan is always going to be, unfortunately, to, to an extent, a niche. Because 90% of their, of their wrestlers don't speak English. In this, in this country, rather. Right. 90% of their, of their wrestlers don't speak English. Um, they don't have a, a viable television deal, right? I mean, they're on TV, but they're not on TV, you know? So, like, it's just different. And they're not a television company. They're a touring company. So it's just different, right? But AEW has come and said, fuck it. We're going to be a work rate company. So now work rate is what everybody gives a fuck about. And it's cool because the business changes. But, like, that's that's not the type of wrestling that I, I'm interested in. That's the whole reason I fell in love with NXT. They were telling stories down there. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I've always looked at the wrestling aspect of wrestling to be, to solely exist as the end result of everything else. Like, and I know that's not, doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, you know, you have a feud. If, if you and I are in a wrestling feud, there may be matches in between the payoff, right? That aren't necessarily the, res, the end result, but I always look at it as, each match is the end result of a particular part of that story. It's almost like the last paragraph of each chapter in a story. That's how I look at Russ at a wrestling match. Okay. We're leading you to the next part. And that's what this match is for. So whatever, how it ends is the lead in to the very next chapter. It's, it's the like cover. almost like the cliffhanger of an episode of your favorite show. Okay. And eventually that show ends and that's when, that's the final match of, of that said feud. That's the way I look at it. So you know how people will read a book and they'll read the last few pages? To, like, you know what I mean? Like some people do that. They want to read the end first. I feel like now everybody wants the end. Like that's what they want. They want to see that part of it. Well, me, I want to read the whole damn thing. I want to read the whole chapter first. I don't want to be spoiled. Like I don't, I need to know why we're, why, why is it ending this way? Like, because Otherwise, I'm just watching two guys roll around in tights. It doesn't, that doesn't like, and that doesn't, it's, I mean, I get it to an extent. You want to see cool stuff. And that's part of it too, with the work rate. I think we have to be fair, at least at that. Back in the day, the type of shit they do now, they didn't do that kind of stuff then. Duh. You know what I mean? On, w, on WCW versus NWO Revenge and World Tour. Right. Hulk Hogan's finishing move was an eye poke to the front. And a back rake to the back. Right. So, yes. And that's Those were his finishers. Right. But And part of that is also a lot of the guys that get brought in now to these companies came from the independent scene. You don't see quite as many homegrown stars no. as you used to. And one thing, to be fair to all those indie guys, is this. They are used to working in front of smaller crowds. And in order to get noticed, a lot of times they had, they had to get to. all their shit in. Sure. They had to. And sure. so it's like that that mindset carries over when you move on. 
I got to impress, you know, I got to look great out there. I got to look like a million bucks and it works for certain aspects of fans. For me, it doesn't because I feel like, okay, well, if you're going from one move to the next, one move to the next, 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 you're just getting your shit in. Nobody's selling anything. You're just popping back up. Like, and it's in WWE's problem isn't so much the work rate because they, even though it is the work rate area, they are the one company that still teeters on, eh, we're not going to necessarily do that all the time. But one thing they do that I get tired of is the constant finishers, the false finishes. Now, that's a thing that they do that I hate because it's like, okay, if you're going to have a wrestling match, at least have them have a match. Don't just where it's like, okay, well, it's like kind of how WrestleMania 36 ended where it was just like, F5 kick out, F5 kick out, claim work, claim work. Like, okay, this isn't a match. This is just, it's nothing. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's a video game. Right. And so there's, there's P, I still want the wrestling to be good, but I want it to make sense. And so because now I feel like it's less about that, making sense and more about just being flashy, I tend to get disenamored with this current. So, and I know that it's not for me. That's how I know. You know, it doesn't mean they don't have good stories in between. These companies, a lot of them, they have good stories in between. But you got to, it's a lot harder. It seems like it's a little bit harder to find them now. The ones, it's harder to really find the ones that stick with you. You know, that's just me personally, though. So, can I, can I make an analogy? Yeah, go ahead. So, I liken it, and it's not a direct analogy, but it's pretty close. I liken it to basketball. And what I mean by that is this we're of age where, we lived in the Jordan era, right? Yeah, yeah, for we sure. Saw, we saw the best of Michael Jordan. Right? Yes. Um, you're a little older than me, so you got three more years of it than I did, but, like, I'm 32, and I still remember consciously watching Jordan play, right? And I was a basketball player growing up. I, I had dreams of going to the NBA before, you know, I got, before I, you know, my body started to say, fuck you, Rance. Uh, so, like, I remember as a kid, everybody wanted to dunk because Jordan was Jordan dunked. And then Kobe came and Kobe could dunk. And then Vince Carter came and Vince Carter could dunk and LeBron came and LeBron could dunk. And it was just the thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. It was either you learn how to dunk or you be or you get seven foot tall in your shack or your Duncan or your Garnett or your Nowitzki. I was just about to say, you think about it now. If you look back at that time period, especially during the Kobe era when Tim Duncan was real big around that same time, everybody shits on Tim Duncan for having a, a boring – he's boring. Like the Spurs are boring when really they were just fundamentally fucking sound is all it was. Yeah. I mean, it's boring brand of basketball, sure. But it, wins. But it's, it wasn't the Suns' offense, right, the D'Antoni offense or whatever, D'Antoni offense. But, well – the Spurs they, won titles. They won five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they won five chips for a yeah, reason. Yes, exactly. But yeah, go ahead, carry on. Um, yeah, that's it's the truth. And trust me, I'm a Suns fan, so I know very well. Seven um, and zero in the bubble, boys. The look, America's team. That's right. Um, but the comparison is that for so long, and this is this is not a true, a fully true statement, but I'm going with the assumption. WWE was big man's company, right? Yeah. And so WCW went out of business, so you had to go to the Fed to really get a big payday or to be a thing, right? Right. And so there was so much talent that had nowhere viable to go, and TNA became a thing eventually, but they still never were anything comparable, right? 
So all they had was indies. I liken that to the rise of Steph Curry, mm, right? Sure. Because Steph Curry changed, and people like to hate him, but let's just, facts are facts. Steph Curry changed basketball because it's not just that he's a great shooter. It's that he made shooting as simple as a layup. Right. Steph Curry has to be guarded the second you pass. And Damian Lillard, too, who's, who we need to add to this conversation because he's doing yes. stupid shit. Um, the second you pass half court, you have to guard them, right? Mm-hmm. So now, if you go to re- if you go to rec leagues or the YMCA's or to your gyms locally, everybody want to shoot. That's like work rate, right? You no, know, it's uh, I love this analogy because I, I love I, I love Steph Curry. I have a love hate relationship with Steph Curry. Okay, you know what that means. You know what I mean. Like she sure. was phenomenal, all time great, Hall of Famer, no question about it. One of the greatest shooters I've ever seen in my life, if not the greatest shooter I've ever seen in my life, mm-hmm. period. But I hate him because Warriors, you know, and they were pissing me off. They were they were a detriment <laughs> to my favorite players, so I didn't like them. Great. And that's fine. That's the way it should be, I think, in sports. It's okay to have – you need villains. But – and I've always said this, as great as Steph is, him becoming that guy that can shoot from 50 feet and make it look like nothing – in my opinion, it didn't make basketball better. It changed it, and it looks great in the NBA because these guys can all do it. But when you go to, like, when you watch college basketball, none of these motherfuckers can shoot. If you watch, Not like, go, so. like you said, if you go to, like, a rec league, like you said, and they're all jacking up threes, it's nothing but clank, 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 and now there's no basketball. It's just guys missing jump shots. That's well, all so it is. That's fair. I, I, and it's – and. The, the you there is an argument that it makes basketball better because you have to be more skilled to be in the league, right? Yes. Because you look at the whole James Harden versus Giannis Antetokounmpo right. argument, and like Harden says, oh well, all Antetokounmpo does is dunk. He does it makes more the than the NBA that. better. Sure. Okay, I will put it that way. The NBA sure. is better because of Steph Curry. I will agree. I will and stamp and, that statement. And Ricochet and Cedric Alexander and AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan make WWE better. Yes. Right? But you're right. It is overwhelming. Uh, extra part to even get more micro into that analogy. Steph Curry changed basketball with the shooting, right? Look at all these kids that are coming out now. They're all six nine with 80, 80 inch ring wingspans. <laughs> you know, six nine, six ten, but they want to shoot. Bowl Bowl is seven foot two, and Manute Bowl's son, right? He's like yeah. seven foot one, seven foot two. He's jacking up threes. Yeah, like, and dunk on somebody, big and, dog. And throwing lasers on a rope across the court, like just <laughs> like 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 dunk on like I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not that guy like Shaq. He's just like just get down there and just be a big man. Like I appreciate. Well, Bobo couldn't do that anyway because he doesn't have 300 pounds of fucking mass on him either. But he can. But he got a 45 inch vertical. And he's seven foot right. two. It doesn't matter. He can still he can still do it, but he can't like necessarily push people around like Shaq. Okay, but but know. other than other than Joel Embiid and and the big man for the Lakers, who what other big man is there That's that true. you and, and Gobert? Well like there were much better big men in the league than we give credit for. There right. are twenty legit centers in the league right now. Maybe more sure. if I thought about it, right? But the only ones that are out here are gonna really defend your ass, it's like four of them. It's like I count all three of the centers for the Lakers is one. <laughs> right, know. right, right. So you got the <laughs> – whoever the Lakers center is, you got Gobert, you got Joel Embiid, and maybe Clint Capella. 
who else is gonna do you up, bro? That's true. Right? So and then and then Bobo plays with the best center in basketball with Jokic, so take him out of the equation. So, but anyway, I'm we're getting I'm getting to we can have maybe we'll have basketball talk next. <laughs> um, but you would just, school me on the basketball talk, but I know my way around it a little bit. Yeah, so. it'd be a fun conversation, and you know, it's it's Stephen Stephen A. And Max. I I gotta school you yeah, every now and then. That's that's fair. But it's the 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 analogy is kind of almost too on the nose because not only was the st- I love that you said that you think that Steph Curry may have heard basketball more than he helped it, which is a real conversation. But to bring it back to wrestling, Steph Curry, what Steph Curry did was necessary because basketball had to change. Right? Sure. The yeah, Indies sure. had to happen. Right? Because with because without in the Indies, look at what WWE has done. WWE has their entire their main stars recently have been like think about it outside of the as tito would say the class of 2002 <laughs> hey great class he's right about that he's though. right but think about their <laughs> but think about like the the champions and stars right cm punk daniel bryan mm-hmm. seth rollins dean ambrose kevin owens aj styles <laughs> finn mm-hmm. balor like think about it bro like and then you throw Roman and, and you go to like throw guys like Roman and Corbin in, but other than and Corbin ain't been a world champ, but you know what I'm saying. No, yeah. But by and large, it's all former indie guys. Sure. And even when it wasn't, there have been guys who have had short title reigns that may have been homegrown stars, but also weren't big men. The Miz. Well, are we gonna talk about that? I mean, he won a title. I mean, like he's the Miz does not look like a world champ. You know, I mean, he doesn't look like your prototypical WWE big guy. But Superstar. that's why I hate that argument, because it's not true, right? Right. I no, say I that agree be- with you. I yeah. said it because factually, Roddy Piper was 6'2". Well, let's talk about Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. That's that's my bigger point. Yeah. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels held the championship. Diesel held it for a year. Yes. Right. Absolutely. No diss at all. But by and large, nobody held the belt more and was trusted more in the 90s than... Uh, Brett and Sean. Macho yep. Man was not very tall. Kurt well, Angle is five ten. Austin is six foot one. John mm-hmm. Cena is five foot eleven. Like so, there's a difference between being a giant and being jacked. Now right. Vince definitely is the the Fed is home of the jacked. I give you that. Definitely. Right? Mustafa Ali went and 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 gained twenty pounds. He'll get pushed now. <laughs> you know he deserves it anyway, though. Let's well, be Mustafa Ali should be world champion. Like, yeah. oh. give me Ali as champion on one brand and give me Big E as champion on the other brand. Hey, I'm... Mustafa is one of those guys as a baby face that I can – like, we talk Drew McIntyre as a baby face, great baby face champ. But the problem with Drew is he's so imposing that, to me, he almost makes it like the baby face that can't be beat. Don't like it that much. I'd much rather see someone like a Mustafa Ali chasing the title because – He's someone that you're like, he's not imposing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get in the ring with him and you put him in the ring with guys like Roman Reigns. He got those big dudes. You're like, eh, let's see what happens. He's like a Daniel Bryan. That's that whole thing where it's like really doesn't belong like belong here, like in terms of the story. You know what I mean? And so I think those are the babyface champs that I like. And so, I mean, you put Mustafa Ali right now chasing the title. We're talking. I'm watching. I'm paying attention. It works. You know? 
I just I think that that trope has been used so much in wrestling, especially but w, especially WWE. Yeah, and I think it's good to have variety and sure. I like the fact that Drew is a champion, is a babyface champion who he's he's different than your underdog in that he may not be the favorite, but he will fight anybody. He doesn't run right. from anything. He will call you out. He is a fighting champion. When he was in TNA, which was his big kind of comeback after Evolve, um, and he was their champ there for, I think he was two-time champ there or whatever, um, I used to call him William Wallace because, like, he used to – it's like he had the entire country of Scotland on his back and was fighting for his country. Right. Right? And, like, I think that's dope in a way. And he's had really good people he's wrestled against. It's just he really yes. hadn't had that story that he can sink his teeth into, right? The, the, the match with Rollins was fire. The match with Bobby Lashley was fire. Both matches with Dolph Ziggler were amazing. Yeah. But now he's got a story, and Randy Orton is gonna right. spool the shit out of that dude. And let's and I want to talk about Drew a little bit. And I know, like, you probably don't get to talk about Drew as much when you have Kyle on. Not at all. So, so let's talk. I want to talk about him a little bit before we talk about him and Randy because I think it's interesting. When we talk about what you said. It's nice to have a babyface champion who, like you put the way you put it, was that it was a fighting champion. And the way I put it, when I kind of roll it back on my head a little bit, it's, it's not honestly that often we get a babyface champion who is that dominant, with the exception of John Cena, who was dominant when he was the babyface champ. And maybe Hulk Hogan when he was babyface champ. I mean, nobody was beating Hogan. And Drew McIntyre almost has the same – almost has that same thing. You know what I mean? Sure. So I, when I think about it, it's like, okay – they don't do it that often, so it's fine that they're doing it. I'm just not necessarily in love with it. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? And that's just a preference. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's not for me necessarily because I like Drew. I mean, he, I love I love Drew as a wrestler. Like, if you were talking about guys that I like to watch wrestler, I love him because he beats the shit out of people, and I like guys who beat the shit out of them, you know? He's, he's one of the biggest – he's one of the guys that has had the, the biggest letdown from no fans. I say that because you and I were at the at Minute Maid Park. Yes. When he when he hit that claymore on Brock and he won the Royal Rumble, and the place erupted. Now, mind yeah. you, this is the same night Edge returned, and the yes. biggest pop of the night was Drew winning the Royal Rumble. Yes. So. Or maybe like, him just eliminating Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. Right. That yeah, yeah. That got almost as big a pop, if not bigger, than Edge coming out. Yeah. So we were there. So, and then I remember when he Claymore rocked those three times, like right before COVID stopped everything. And like he, the crowd believed in him. And like, <clears throat> you know, I'm a guy that looks at the menial things and the small things. When, when Drew beat Brock at WrestleMania 36, at WrestleMania Performance Center, mm-hmm. and he looked into the camera, which you don't do in Titanland. And he said, everybody that's been with me, thank you. I yeah. know you're not here, but you are with me, and I carry you with me every time I come into this ring. Like, that's the type of shit that gives you fucking chills because sure. that was not scripted. He was not supposed to do that, and, right. but he felt that shit. That man got fired, right? That man got fired because his wife, who he's not even with anymore, wilded out on him and got him in trouble, right? 
And he had to work his ass off to get back. And when he got back, they threw his ass in NXT, yeah. right? And then when he finally got to the main roster, he didn't get a world title match for two years. Yep. But he was the chosen one, right? Stuck around being Ziggler's bodyguard and stuff for a while. You know what I'm saying? High, or, yeah. or hanging out with Corbin or hanging out with Lashley or hanging out with Strowman, but never he's the guy. And he gets the rub, and then the world stops. You yeah, know? And, that's, and I agree with you. That the, Drew McIntyre has suffered from that, still is. And the unfortunate thing is there's a good chance he's going to go his entire world championship reign without being able to do it in front of a single fan. I mean, honestly, you don't know when fans are coming back. And it's very unfortunate because who knows what those reactions would be like for Drew right now. We could be talking about someone who could literally be game-changing superstar. I mean, I know people, maybe, maybe not, right? I don't know, but we don't know because – I think there's no fans. Like, I mean, you know what happened? They built it up so well with Drew. Mm -hmm. They built it up so well at the Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar dominating Mm -hmm. that, I mean, he was a made man that night. He was a made man that night. Mm -hmm. And then the WrestleMania just put it over the top. Mm -hmm. And he's been consistently good since then, as we've said, despite the fact that it doesn't necessarily, I can recognize good, even if I'm not in love with something, I can recognize when something is good. So, I mean, I find that to be one of the more unfortunate things is that he's never not even going to – he probably won't even – that title reign will probably be over before a fan comes it back to the building. There's no doubt. But and you, that's unfortunate, you know. It's horrible. But, you know, the one thing a crowd does more than anything else is it makes you pay attention, right? So I mentioned he had a really good match with, with, with uh, Rollins, and he had a really good match – with Lashley, and he had a really good, really good matches with uh, Ziggler, and all of the matches had decent feuds, but right. it's because there were no crowds that people didn't really care, because if a, a crowd instantly makes you care more, right? So, um, like, it's no different than The Walking Dead, for example. If there were no zombies, is the drama really as interesting? No. <laughs> The background of that show was what makes the show. Game of Thrones. If, like, there wasn't so much death, would that show be as interesting? No, not at all. That's the background of the show. Yeah. Right? So the background of WWE is the the audience. The audience is a living being in WWE. So, you know, Seth Rollins is another great example. If Seth Rollins did what he did to Dominic – in front of a crowd, Seth Rollins would be treated like Bubba Ray Dudley in ECW Arena when he was telling white women that they taught their daughter how to suck dick. Like, that's how much heat he would have gotten. And Dominic might be that. over as hell. Oh, no, Dominic is over. It's with everybody except for Kyle. <laughs> Dominic's over. <laughs> that's funny. Kyle hates, every, Kyle hates everybody that people like. He's kind of like us. Everybody that I hate. Everybody I likes, he hates. So, you know, so <laughs> look forward to Drew, to Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black, and Dominic Guerrero appreciation night on the next Outsider's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, I, I promise you I wasn't going to hold you that long because, you know, I, I know this, this getting you is hard. I want I to get you out of here on one more question. If you don't What's mind. up? What are your thoughts on how wrestling in general, but I know where WWE primary, has responded to COVID? And, and kind of the challenges that they've had with 
the with testing with you know fans with um not having access to all the wrestlers even you want to throw in speaking out taking out a lot of guys who would have been involved austin theory was set up to thrive and he is gone like he ain't fired yet but i mean dude's lucky if he keeps his job you know stuff like that what are your thoughts on the whole the whole uh, situation so in a in a COVID 19 world i would say if i had to give wwe a grade it'd probably sit somewhere around like a C right in the middle. And so I, I think part of that is, and I'm not one, look, I'm the, I am the same guy who got destroyed on Twitter because I did that show villain, real villain thing. And it was Vince, <laughs> Vince is the show villain and the fans is the real villain. Yes. I got des- like, I got destroyed and I had a great time doing it, but I got destroyed over that. Okay. <laughs> but that said, and people, because people were like, oh, Vince is a real villain too. I'm like, I know, but we're just talking about the show. I was like, we're just, you know, like, I know Vince isn't exactly, you know, he's not my role model. Okay. I get it. And part of one thing about Vince, not to get political, but we know, we know Vince is MAGA. We know it, but he also lets his talents, like the New Day, especially, do social Mustafa. justice and things like that. Yeah, Mustafa, like, you know. Sammy, Brian. Absolutely. By the way, isn't that indicative of wrestling of wrestling fans in general that they couldn't separate the fact that Vince McMahon, the wrestler, the former right. Vince McMahon, the person, isn't that indicative <laughs> yes. of the problem with wrestling that you can't separate? Hundred percent. But I said I do think that part of the original issues with COVID that they had, where they started having the little breakout there. I think probably part of that is, I mean, you got to look at Vince on part of this because not all of it, but part of it. Cause Vince, Vince is one of those guys. Everything we know about him says to me, it says he's the kind of person who expects you to be at work because, oh, yeah. he, because he's at work. Yeah. It's his life. So he expects the same out of you. And with the exception of some of his big guys that he, if he loses, he can't lose like a Roman Reigns or Daniel Bryan if they say, hey, I'm not going to work in Saudi Arabia, he's going to bite the bullet, you know? But, like, for the most part – so I don't know how seriously he was probably taking it at first. And that's – I mean, and, and to be fair, that's a lot of people. That's – honestly, it's probably half the damn country doesn't take the shit very seriously. We know we know this. This isn't anything new. So in the beginning, I think there was a lackadaisical quality to what was going on with that. And also, but we're going to, that's not, it's not just Vince, you know, there, these are adults working in this, at this company. They have a responsibility just as much as Vince does. Yeah. And a lot of these guys were running around and you saw pictures on it. Now we don't know how they were distancing or whatever, but a lot of these guys were running around without masks and, you know, beach. Caleb Braxton caught the shit twice. That, like, I, yeah. I didn't want to call her out by name, but I was going to do it anyway. And I feel I've, my heart goes out to her because I understand that the disease is not, it's, it's for right. all these jokes and for all the, yes, but you caught it because you weren't doing things correctly. Right. You weren't being responsible. I have no beef with Kayla Braxton. Okay. Yeah. We're all human and we all make mistakes. She could have lost her life over it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no point in, but at the Attacking same time, her. we have to be responsible in the fact that, look, you put yourself at risk. You put your coworkers at risk, period. And, and that goes with anybody else who caught it in the company, you know? So I think there's, 
in the beginning, it was a problem. I think they got on top of it once it was understood. Once they, I mean, and the thing is, like, you shouldn't really give someone, I don't know how much credit you should give someone for Makes getting sense. it right when you got destroyed over doing the wrong thing. Yep. But irregardless, they did get it fixed, it seems like, for the most part. So because of that, you know, fine. As far as the speaking out stuff goes, once again, I think it's it's going to sound bad, but I think it's kind of the same thing. Your big stars, the guys that you got something invested in, might be getting away with murder here, while some of the guys you can get rid of, like like Arrow, eh, fuck them, they're out. You know what I mean? Or like, even in the same vein, the Forgotten Sons haven't been on TV since Dipshit got on there and did what he did. He, so, is, I mean, he, Wesley Blake worked so fucking hard, and that pisses me off. Yeah, he worked like seven, eight years to get to the main roster. And worked so hard to perfect his craft and get to the point where he could be on the roster, make good money, and like be a viable member of the WWE. And fucking idiot comes around and says one stupid ass tweet he could have kept to his goddamn self and has ruined two other people's careers. Yeah. It pisses me off because Wesley and Steve Cutler worked so damn hard to get there, and fucking Gunner doesn't do shit in the matches, he just stands there. So like mm-hmm. it pisses me off when you are so like I don't look believe what you want to believe like even if it's stupid you got the right to do oh, that shit. Even Cutler is a MAGA hat. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm pretty sure he is too. And Randy he made he, he he well. So I'm glad you mentioned Randy Orton. Well, well, you know, but yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Randy Orton. Steve Cutler may be. He very well may be. Cutler may. I mean, um, um, Russ Blake might be might be as well too. But nonetheless. They got the fucking sense to keep their mouth shut. Exactly. Yeah. You know, know. and again, and again, there's there's a conversation to be had about if you can be open about talking about your beliefs about Black Lives Matter or about these other ideal ideas. You should be able to speak your idea. There's a conversation to have have be had about that, and I'm very willing to have that. Sure. But nonetheless, what he did, he knew he was baiting. He knew he was being offensive. Mm-hmm. What I love about Randy Orton and why I think Randy Orton, quite honestly, is on the run of his fucking life is because, and I know this is a joke, but this is partially true, good fucking karma. Because, like, he, he, he realized I was fucking tripping. And he manned up about it. And, has, and like, it, I, I know it's jokes because they coincided with the same thing. But, like, it's always good to see a person who was proceeding with ignorance smarten themselves up on their own right and then go out of their way to smart other people up like that's be willing to sit down with your coworkers and have the conversations and understand their point of view there's a difference between even if you walked away with it disagreeing like they're at least at the very least you had the not the, the you know you were smart enough to say i should at least have a conversation with these instead of continuing to be saying things without you know what i mean and so and randy is one of those guys who's had a very his behavior issues have always been a thing with randy so and who knows where he is you know now i'm not sitting here saying randy is vindicated like whatever no no the past doesn't go away right absolutely but at least he's trying to get on a you know a path of like learning at the very least 
No, we, can we, give, we can give credit for that, right? I mean, we can, sure. we can do that. So, but yeah. that's what I'm getting at, though. Like, Randy has been like that for years and gotten away with it. Some guys get – Matt Riddle, who well, – we don't know, right? We don't know. That's the other thing is we don't know all the details of everything. But Matt Riddle – Riddle's situation is so different. It is a different situation, but they didn't even, like, put a pause on anything. Well, here's why. There's a reason for that, right? And again, we're not speaking opinions. We're not speaking what we think is right or wrong. We're speaking facts. When Matt Riddle got signed, he told them about the girl. Right. Matt Riddle has a, legitimately has a legal restraining order on the girl. So like, he's, again, not speaking about what's right or wrong, just speaking about facts. Right. He has done everything on his end to cover his ass. Right. So there is nothing WWE can say to him because he's done everything illegally to cover his ass. So sure. like, even if Candy Cartwright is real, and I, I, I tend to believe victims, I give everybody a chance to tell the truth and to, to be vindicated in their day, but like, I'm not gonna let a person who said they were abused, but like, I disagree. I'm not gonna do that, right? Right. Um, so she very well may be telling the truth, but at least on his end, He's the anti-Enzo. Enzo was actually vindicated. Right. Right? But he didn't have his ducks in a row. He just ignored the shit. Right. Right? So he'll forever live with that stigma. That's fair. But I think, you know, like we were talking, okay, so maybe a better example might be Velveteen Dream. Yes, where we don't, that's a great where we don't, Where we don't know necessarily, but we, but we know what's up. We know that some, some shit went down. That's but a good because example. Velveteen is clearly was clearly on the path to big time superstardom. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets a little bit of a pass while some guys who were never going to be that like, like I mentioned before, like Gero, and they got rid of a couple other guys too, or Austin theory, just sitting on the bench right now. Like mm, there's some of, hypocrisy, you know what of, I mean? Of all of the guys who were implicated, right? The only two who have been on television since have been Riddle and, t- and Tonight Dream. But right. like, um, uh, Jordan Devlin was the interim, was the Cruiserweight champion. Yeah. And they were running an interim Cruiserweight thing because he's stuck in Ireland. Well, nope, screw that. He ain't been fired, but he ain't been mentioned. Um, sure. Uh, what's the motherfucker name? Travis Banks got fired. Um, yeah. Jack Travis Gallagher Banks, got yeah. fired, right? Um, somebody else got fired, I want to say. Trent Seven hasn't even been acknowledged right now. Right, and Trent Seven was Mister NXT UK. Uh, he ain't even really been acknowledged at this point, you know. So, like a lot of the people who were implicated aren't being, all, like, TNA fired motherfuckers like crazy. Um, Jimmy Havoc is still in rehab right now, mm-hmm. right? So, like, but it is it is interesting to see Dream come back out of nowhere. I and uh, you, we're gonna talk about that in nauseum on the actual next episode of the, the, the next full episode of the edge. But that is a real conversation to have because you're right. Is this a sense of favoritism or is there something they know we don't? Right. And I think that's the other thing people do need to undo need to recognize. Like I understand and this, we're in a culture now where we're quick to essentially you're guilty mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. And, and now there's a difference to me. There's a difference between believing victims 
and um, immediately assuming someone is guilty. You know what I mean? I don't know. I know it's a very thin line and that's kind of the problem, you know? So I'm like you, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be believe victim first because this is stuff I've dealt with in my personal life. So I'm always on that side. And at the same time, I'm also not on the side of, okay, I believe you, but I'm not sure I'm just going to sit here and fire a guy yet. Like, but once again, put him on pause, put him on suspension. Once everything gets figured out, then we make that decision. If come to find out everything that the victim is saying is in fact true, like we all thought, then he's out of here. If it's not, you know, and, but it's a very, the waters are very tough to be playing in right now with this because you have got, and, and women aren't putting up with this shit anymore. You know, this they, isn't they the never 80s. should have. They never should have, but you know as well as I do in the 80s yeah. and 90s, they did. And Bill Cosby. Yeah. So they did because they're afraid of what of the repercussions, what might happen to them. And that's it's the most unfortunate thing ever because instead of weeding out people who don't deserve to be in the business, the people who suffer, you know, are these people who shouldn't have to. So now women aren't putting up with that shit anymore. And you can't just get away with all the stuff that you used to get away with. And I'm great for that. Like, I don't care if it's Roman Reigns. If I find out the motherfucker sexually assaulted someone, he's out of here. He's out of here. You know what I mean? So, and we, and look, we both love Velveteen Dream. We did. I I have a shirt. I bought a shirt. Yeah. But we didn't know. It's not our, it's not, and people, you can't like sit here and feel bad about buying a t-shirt. You know what I mean? But you say that. But as a guy who was as big a R. Kelly fan as you can be, it hurts your heart when you've invested so much time and energy. In sure. And then you find out that they're a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, I struggle. Suck. I struggle personally with, um, and this may be a little too, too controversial. We can, we can cut it. We can cut the podcast. I'm talking about this off air if you want. <laughs> but I struggle with Louis C.K. Because I was a huge fan of Louis C.K.'s sure. comedy. Now, what he did to me is very low, I think, on the sexual predator scale. But nonetheless, it was predatory behavior. Yes, it was. You can't lure a person into your, into your bedroom because of, by name only because of who you are and pull you your are. dick out and masturbate in front of them. You didn't do anything to the woman, but that's still predatory behavior. Yeah. Right? So, like, he's doing comedy clubs now. And I don't know how I feel about it because I love his comedy. But, like... And I don't think he shouldn't be allowed to do it, but I don't know that he should be allowed to do it right now. Like I'm very torn. So you got a well, guy like Dream. Like, what do I think? Because he looks amazing tonight. You know, but it, uh, so much of my joy of NXT, you can root a portion of it to him. And then it's like, but you know, like. Now it's I, uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. The, I mean, the Benoit, yeah. the, the Benoit conundrum. You know, like, can you go back and watch WrestleMania 20 and not think of Nancy or, or Daniel? Sure. And this is going to sound terrible, but WWE, in a way, almost, I wouldn't say lucked out, but lucked out because at least Benoit was never able to come back. You know what I mean? I know that sounds awful. but No, I, mean, I see your point. Yes. I mean, he wasn't able to you know, something happened and it, like, what if like he had, instead of, remember they didn't get found for a couple of days. What if he had 
killed him and decided not to kill himself and went to wrestle that night. You know what I mean? And then you find out that this happened. So, I mean, there's. Yeah, that's terrifying. I mean, you know, and I understand, like, it's a very, but the one thing I think it's important is we should be uncomfortable. Like, that's honestly because as uncomfortable as we are about seeing Velveteen Dream back on our screen, think about how uncomfortable the actual victims were. That's dead as on. Good point. I mean, that right. is that is the most important thing to remember. And I and if I think if you can try to empathize with that, then it makes it easier to say this guy probably shouldn't be on TV, man. Like yeah. if if what we know is true, he shouldn't be there. And it's easier for me to say, eh, I don't want anything to do with him. You know, that's just, I mean, that's just kind of like where I'm coming from with it. I'm not some like philosopher here. No, but that's, out that's these... the solid, that's, that's solid. That's very solid advice. And we're deep in the bubble, but we have to remember that at the end of the day, professional wrestling is an entertainment venue that does not have to happen. True. If WWE ended tomorrow, the world doesn't end. This isn't like a, a branch of the government is gone and we don't know how we're going to get money or we don't know how we're going to get water or we don't know how we're going to get food. Wrestling, if wrestling ends, if WWE ends tomorrow, we just watch some other shit. So and the other thing I think to think about is the Velveteen Dreams per se. I'm not saying there will ever be another Velveteen Dream, but if he disappeared off the screen... There will be another Velveteen Dream. Be another Velveteen <laughs> be another dream. guy. You know, facts and facts. And, yeah. and for every Velveteen Dream that's a piece of shit out there, there's a Daniel Bryan who, by all accounts, is an outstanding human being. One of the greatest humans in the world, yes. You know? So, I mean, there are ways to look at it and not, like... I understand the investment and the time and you put your eggs in a basket, you know, but there, and there are ways to look at it where it's like, well, look, I mean, look, if this is who he is, fuck him. There's other guys that I also enjoy who are so far <laughs> good guys, you know, until we hear otherwise, you know? So I'm right, not... man. But, but it, I don't know if you do this, you were blessed with talent. You, you played pretty high, pretty high level high school baseball. And, Probably could have played in college if you really were stuck with it, right? Would have had to walk on probably, but yeah, but you maybe. still could have played. Smaller walk college, yeah, but yeah, walk-ons yes. that makes major league baseball, and so yeah, it's possible. Um, I never had the opportunity because I had a heart problem in eighth grade or whatever, in uh, not you know, it, somewhere going in. I don't remember the year, so I never had a chance to really follow my my basketball dreams. And then I see friends of mine who I know had basketball, who had no had college level talent. And they just didn't give a fuck. And I get mad at them because I would have killed for your talent. You know, I would have killed for your opportunities and you just sitting there doing anything. And so I look at Patrick Clark and it pisses me off because yeah. I would kill to be you and to have the opportunities. Like I wanted to, I wanted to be a wrestler. I was signed up to a wrestling school. I've taken wrestling classes. Like I've taken bumps and run the ropes and I just can't physically do it. And like you were born to be in that ring and then you just want to do some stupid shit and it throw it away. Yeah. So it's Michael Vick. <laughs> it's, you know, it's Michael Vick. It's another guy that I think of all the time, even though he has rehabbed his image and did rehab his image and got another big chance. Well, it's well, him. Like when all that happened, it's like you threw it all away, you know, and you put yourself in prison. You may disagree, but for me, I'd like you to change that statement to rehab this life because by every, by everybody's admission, 
this that there wasn't no put on. Like he truly changed his life. Oh no, okay, yeah, I say image, but yeah, you're right. Sure, rehab is absolutely rehab. Is yeah, because I mean, like Hogan, is Hogan is a put on, right? Yeah, Hogan ain't changed who he is, but to the public, brother, I'm I'm a different guy. I'm better. Yeah, we know he don't like black folk. We know he's still the same guy. Yeah, right. But by every stretch of the imagination, by anybody who's been around the guy, people who don't even like the guy have admitted, yeah, this motherfucker's different. Yeah, and I agree so, with that, yeah. So, yeah, rehab is life is fair, but I think just in general, the general idea there is, like, when you have it all, it's almost, for for people like us, yeah, on the outside, who aren't going to be pro, pro wrestlers, who aren't going to be pro football players or whatever. Yeah. Or so, basically, we aren't going to be rich. <laughs> yeah, like... It's crazy when you watch someone with all of that throw it all away, and it makes you wonder. At the end of the day, I think it all kind of just shows you that none of that stuff really matters. I mean, you are who you are, and then if you throw it away, you throw it away. It's up to you to do your best to fix it. You know, I mean, I, a Velveteen, Velveteen is a – you're right, man. Like it was said before, he's got big-time superstar written all over him. And he and he, he it looks like he might slide on through. I don't know, but I don't think he'll ever be able to reach whatever heights he was hoping to reach now with that stigma, because it's too out in the open. I mean, back in the day, you could hide. I mean, apparently Jimmy Snuka murdered someone. Motherfucker hated his whole career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, he murdered his murdered his ex girlfriend. I mean, we didn't know about Scott Hall shooting and killing someone in self defense. Apparently when he was younger until years later, yep. years after his career. So this yep. stuff gets like buried, but you can't bury that shit anymore because of social media and all that stuff. And not that it should be buried, but you get my point. Like, yeah, it's going to stick with him. It'll stick now. with him forever. I mean, it will, it will never go away. I mean, I'm, maybe he's, it will. I don't know. No, but, it won't go away. It will never go away. He's very, he's very lucky that there are no fans right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Very lucky. I don't. I, I don't know, but yeah. I mean, I'm with you, man. Like yeah. these guys. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much. Not much else to really say I, about it. I would love. If, I would love to ask Uncle Paul, what is the reasoning in the situation with Dream? What What's nice the situation? What's the situation with him, and why? What's the reason behind bringing him back now? Because I have no problem with him being off the shelf. Until there is a public vindication for the dude, if he if he was if he is to be vindicated, and then you bring him back periodically, like he was, he's still gonna get paid. But to bring him back now with all this still in the air, like it just it's not a good look. Like Twitter was unhappy about it. Some were, a lot weren't. So and to their credit, they turned him heel. So maybe it'll just add to the heel heat. But like. You you said it perfectly, and we can kind of end on this point. It's much more important shit than wrestling. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're not. Yeah, I don't know. I um, I hate to end on the negative note, but you know, it's just kind of the way it is sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I say that for last for a reason because we were laughing and joking about all this shit, and sometimes you got to get heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, but then you know. But we're giving ourselves to this, so that's right. We, you know. God damn it, rants. This hurts, but respect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. I appreciate you. I appreciate you getting on with me, man. 
tell the good people. Well, do you want to talk about anything else? Because well, I got if I got to have a fifteen-hour podcast with your ass because I got you, we'll do that <laughs> shit. We can. Well, I'm gonna try and make these uh, calls with you a regular thing as much as I can. I think once a week if I could pull it off, at least while I'm at home. You know, I don't know how yeah. much longer that'll be. Right now, it's as long as I want it to be, as long as my shit's done. So, okay. well, well tell yeah, people they can find you, sir. Uh, well, I mean, really, you can only find me on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. I mean, the K E R V I N. Uh, I need more followers. I need to reach the masses with these tweets, man. You got the most out of everybody I know. What the fuck are you talking about? I know it's crazy. I don't even know why. Who wants to talk? Nobody wants to talk to me. You tweet all goddamn day. I do. I have fun with it. I'm good at doing that and working. Like I'm just good at doing that all that stuff at the same time. I can't help it. You know what? Maybe maybe I'm gonna reassign you because I know you're not a, a a regular contributor to the podcast, which is fine. Let me put your ass on social media duty because, like, I don't tweet worth a shit. I will re I will retweet the shit out of stuff, but you yeah. might get some tweets out of me once a week. I always see on my when I'm scrolling through, I always see that you've liked stuff. Yes, well, that always pops up a lot. I'm like, oh, he like rants like that, rants like that. I like that too. Like. Well, I'm always on Twitter. It's just, I don't know, man. I just like, and this is maybe it's just stupid of me, but like, I'm not, I, and this is stupid of me because again, I have a podcast, multiple podcasts, and I write columns, but I just don't think people give a fuck about what I say that much. So, like, at the very least, you need to promote them. Promote, Greg, promote, promote. Why would I promote? I got Greg for that. It's Greg. It's Greg's website. That's that's true. I, when I see when I, I don't always see stuff, but when I see that you guys have put something out and it pops up, I try to retweet it out there yeah. for people. Shout out to Greg, um, by the way. Shout out to El Capitan. Yeah, but I mean, um, you know, I do, but I have a lot of thoughts. I am, I am very, I got all kinds of opinions, and I'm, you know, I will not watch wrestling for two straight months and get on there and talk about it for two straight months, even if it's just something that, even if it's just something to rouse someone up. I know all I got to do is say one thing and I'll have eight people jumping in my mentions being like, like, dude, it's jokes. That used to kill me because when you, you, because you do the off again, on again thing with wrestling and I didn't understand it for the longest. Yeah. And this was at the time where you were doing the off again, on again thing with the podcast and you'll like, be like, well, I don't care about wrestling right now. And then talk about it for like three days straight on Twitter. I'm like, you're a liar. You care. I care enough to keep up, to follow along. So that way, if I ever decide to like start watching hardcore, at least I'll have a sense of what's going on. I get that now. I didn't get yeah. that at the time. But I didn't really have a, enough of a care to like, 100 or so characters is enough. <laughs> like two hours talking about it wasn't so much. You know what I mean? But at the same time, um, you know, chop it up with you is fine so that that, that makes it a little bit easier Aww. yeah well i am i'm honored and if i had if i wasn't so melanated i would be blushing <laughs> That's fair. um i'm at it's ray cash r-e-y as in mysterio c-a-s-h as in dollars don't forget um we're at outsiders edge cs uh holla at me if you got the outsiders edge uh twitter handle please we're at, uh, like, look, whatever you need, I, I got you. Carl will do your taxes for the next two years. 
Dude, they and know what pisses me off about that. That they Twitter said they were going to be deleting all these inactive accounts. And this shit. That, that account's been shit. inactive for like ten years now. Yes, it's ridiculous. Um, we're a part of the Chairshot Radio Network at Chairshot Media, where you always use your head. Um, and lastly, Black Lives Matter. And I know it's late, so we're it's twelve it's twelve o'clock a.m. Yes, so today would be a wonderful day to arrest motherfuckers that killed Breonna Taylor. I just like to say that. Ah, I think we should do that. It should have been done that a long time ago. But you know, it's good to say it. It it would make my day. Um. So yeah, yeah same here. Lots of things would make my day in the real world. I can promise you. So well, this isn't a real world podcast, sir. We, we didn't talk. If we didn't talk about Miz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we did. He did get a mention though. So very small mention on the show. He said, "Motherfucker, don't look like a world champ." He's the epitome of a world champ. He is the modern day Ric Flair. Okay. Oh, that's we can one save that for another argument. Ah, see, you see what I did there? That's, yeah, that's we'll what we put, in the business call a tease. Yeah, put cliffhanger, and now I'm pissed off that you said it, so I'm gonna have to wait until <laughs> next time to talk about. It. Well, if I, I got that's called that's that right there is what we call in the business a hook. Yeah, you hook, hooked me in, pal. Uh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys for listening, and uh, you're gonna get you're gonna hear from my ass twice this week, so I'm sorry. But this know, one, this one's the better one. Don't tell anybody I said that. Shout out to Carl. Shout out to Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he'll like that. Yeah. Um, we'll talk with you guys soon. Appreciate it. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.